The Diplomacy Dojo is a weekly discussion led by your board brother about diplomacy tactics and strategies. Let's listen in on what our players are discussing this week. Okay, we're now recording the Diplomacy Dojo. Hey, everybody, thanks for coming. So, uh, Simon, I think this is your first time coming here. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, we're happy to have you. What are some topics that are up for discussion today in the dojo? Uh, something I've been thinking about, actually. I was uh, trying to put together my thoughts on Germany, and I went and did some reading of like, older articles from like back when the hobby was a play-by-mail hobby, uh, kind of like the first strategy articles. And there's always this contention that like Germany and Austria are like the best allies all game long, just like best buds, their fates are tied together. They should almost be played as one country, that type of thought. I've never fully agreed with that because I kind of felt like Germany and Austria are actually pretty potent mid-game rivals. So I was kind of interested if you had any thoughts on like how the Germany-Austria relationship kind of evolves throughout the game. Because I know it's pretty good to start, but as the game goes on, it can be uh, it can be a lot more tin- touchy than I think a lot of the conventional wisdom would suggest. Okay, so I think I'll note that down as hostility between Germany and Austria in mid or late game uh, versus the uh, Anschluss theory, playing the countries as one giant power. Okay, that's a very interesting topic, one that I have thought about many times myself. Uh, What else? What else should we consider up for discussion today? Well, I mean, it's pretty similar to the situation. It's mostly, uh, I've been to the dojo for many times so it's mostly about a game i'm playing recently it's it's actually related to your question so oster made a really terrible opening which is pretty much the worst opening i ever saw he moved vienna to tyrolia uh trieste to adriatic and budapest to glacia to bounce with russia so he's pretty much going to get destroyed by 1902 so i guess i'm just discussing this game because i'm I'm trying to solo in this game so i guess if i manage to solo this game that kind of proves that you know maybe it's okay if Austria gets destroyed quickly but we'll see what happens. In this game, are you Germany? Yeah, I mean, it's nineteen. It's 1902, so it hasn't finished yet. Okay, so let's maybe we'll call that uh, how Germany deals with Austria getting eliminated fast. Yeah. And actually, I have a maybe kind of a more generalized version of the same thought because I had a live game last night. It was against the bots uh, and one other person. It got very tough for me as Italy because Austria made a very weak opening and Turkey just destroyed him. And it kind of got me thinking, like, if you realize that somebody you're depending on is just not up to snuff and is going to get eliminated quicker than you're ready for, how do you kind of recognize that's going to happen and what can you do to pivot to kind of make yourself able to deal with that? Okay, so let me see. Uh, How to recognize that a friendly power is going down and what do you do? Especially in gunboat, you know, you can't reach out to the guy that's about to win and be like, hey, can we work something out here? If they've destroyed your friend, they're probably coming after you next. And so you're kind of limited in what you can do, but it's definitely important to figure out what you can do because there, there are ways that you can deal with the situation. It's, it's tough. And I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts of like, because I know you played a lot of gunboat, you're very good at it, what you would do in those situations. All right. So that's probably enough food for thought for this dojo. I think the way I want to want to tackle them is to first talk about the general idea of a friendly power going down, then 
the specific example of how Germany could deal with a friendly Austria going down, and then the relationship between Germany and Austria and how that might develop if they're both doing well. Sounds good. Okay. So our first topic up for discussion is how to recognize that a friendly power is going down and what do you do? So this is, I think, really interesting, especially in a gunboat game, as you mentioned, where you're not going to be able to supply advice to a player who is maybe not very good. Four options are to do nothing because you think that there's not going to be any bad ultimate harm to you once that power goes down your friend, the enemy is going to have something else to do. You can intervene and try to prop them up. You could change sides and attack yourself and try to get some supply centers or you could uh, mostly do nothing, but maybe have a little defense up so that you don't you don't go down next. And deciding which of those approaches to go with, I think, depends a lot on which powers you're playing and what are the logical expansion paths for each country. Early on in this conversation, we talked about the the example of an Austria who's gotten blown away by Turkey. And hey, what am I supposed to do about that as Italy? The answer is almost certainly, not not every, not without exception, I guess, but most of the time, you're going to need to do something about it. You're going to need to either intervene to prop up Austria, you're either going to need to take some of Austria's centers, or you're going to need to put up some kind of defense. Uh, just ignoring Turkey, destroying Austria, that's not going to work uh, because Turkey pretty much cannot solo and without conquering all of Italy. It's, 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 not really possible. So as Italy, you got to think really hard about the implications on Turkey's strategy that Austria has gone down. By comparison, if let's say you're Germany and Austria is going down at the hands of Turkey, uh, you know, uh, if, if, there's a, if there's a viable Russia or Italy, probably that's going to occupy Turkey's attention. Uh, you might be able to get away with just focusing on other priorities. And as a last resort, you could put up a defense around Munich or something if it seems like Turkey's going to go for a solo win. So the the difference in how you're thinking about the situation as Italy versus Germany matters quite a bit because Italy is is inextricably tied to the fate of the Balkans in a way that Germany is not. That should factor into your thinking. And when we think about other examples of other countries, it, it similarly depends on what kind of country they are. For example, let's do the same example, uh, but with Russia. Turkey is, is destroying Austria. What do you want to do as Russia? Well, as Russia, you know that Turkey doesn't necessarily need to come around and take you out after Austria goes down. Turkey, you could play a juggernaut. Turkey could continue west, attack Italy, and so on. You might be thinking, well, I was working with Austria. Austria was my friend, but Austria has really blown it. Austria messed up and now is going to go down. Maybe change sides. Maybe say, uh, you know what? I want to play juggernaut now. Let me see if I can get Vienna and Budapest out of Austria going down. Try to get some of those centers for yourself and uh, say to your, you know, say to yourself, tough breaks. I mean, if you wanted to be my ally, Austria, you needed to defend yourself. That reaction, Russia can afford that reaction because it's at least possible that Turkey will do something other than immediately attack Russia or attack Russia until the very end of the game. And so I think that Italy and Russia have a different reaction to seeing Austria go down at the hands of Turkey because of their geographical positions 
and the typical way that Turkish players will play out the game. I'm not saying, you know, it, as Russia, Turkey might might come after you next. That's entirely possible and you have to think about it. But you could defend yourself against Turkey by capturing many of Austria's centers. And that might be a realistic way to set up a line running from, say, Vienna, Budapest, Romania to Sevastopol that Turkey would have a hard time breaking through. And so changing sides and taking down Austria could be a way for you to um, set up a defense but also have more centers. As far as the preliminary idea goes of how to, how to recognize that that player is going down, the mo- for me personally, I would rely on my intuition about how fights normally play out and whether a one power has gotten a position that critically undermines the other. For example, if I am France allied to England, but England has a enemy like Russia or Germany has successfully convoyed an army onto Great Britain, that's a huge red flag uh, that maybe England is about to go down in flames. Because if an enemy power successfully convoys an army onto Great Britain, usually England uh, is devastated or even eliminated. Or similarly, let's say that I am Germany allied to England and I see France has successfully convoyed an army onto Great Britain. Whoa, you know, that might be the end of England and I should start thinking about it. And in other areas of the map, there are other positions uh, that go similarly. If Germany has gotten backdoored, like Italy, Austria, or Russia has invaded Munich or Berlin in the time when Germany wasn't that strong to begin with, as England or France, maybe, you know, shoot, I think my friend Germany is, uh, is, in, is in hot water, having been attacked that way. And in, in reading a fight over the Balkans, let's say, uh, you know, Italy and my ally is Austria, but uh, Russia and Turkey have gotten control of Serbia. That's that's a big warning sign because if Austria can't control Serbia, a completely landlocked center that Austria gets for free at the beginning of the game, that Austria is probably in big, big tactical trouble from that point on. That That's what I would look to as to whether my ally has given up some critical position that's very difficult to recover from. They may, they may no matter how good they are at the game, it may be difficult to uh, to recover from that point. Now, I've talked at a long clip. <laughs> what what does everybody else think about uh, what I've had to say in this topic in general? I think that makes a lot of sense. I would even say if you're watching Austria as Italy, like I'm worried if Turkey gets Greece. I'm like, well, great. Now they got two armies on Serbia. This thing's about to go belly up. Maybe like loss of Galicia as well on the Austrian-Russian front. But yeah, definitely. It seems like you kind of have to use intuition. Honestly, I would bet even on some level, like if your openings are... You see, like, an unorthodox opening that you know is just not tactically strong. That could even be a warning sign from the beginning. Like, eh, things might not go the way you were planning. You might want to adjust. And not to knock all unconventional openings, but, like, the one that uh, Hunter was talking about earlier where Austria goes to, like, Adriatic Sea. You're just like, oh, great. Well, <laughs> this isn't going to go well for anybody. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. There are some... Um... If you're playing a gunboat game and all you have to go on to assess the player's skill is the moves that they choose, then you have to read a big volume of information into their opening moves. And I'd say at the beginning of a gunboat game, even the slightest deviation from what is conventional for your group's metagame tells you a lot. And every turn after that tells you more. And so uh, with the Austrian opening that we've discussed a few times in this dojo uh, is so out of whack for what is a normal or typical way to play Austria in most diplomacy, not just gunboat, but any diplomacy metagame. That's a huge warning sign that that player 
is unfamiliar with how to play diplomacy, in which case they might be destroyed. One thing to think about is that if if a player is friendly to you and they're not very good, but they're not going down in flames, that can be the best possible ally, an ally who's not very good, but is just kind of lingering on in the game because that's an ally who you you can be confident that you'll successfully backstab and take all their centers later on the the situation that is so gut-wrenching about an ally who's going down in flames is that uh, you don't get that benefit the the benefit of this player being not competent is going to somebody else the player who's who's taking them out early on that's what should make you reconsider having a weaker player as your ally or or somehow responding to this situation Makes a lot of sense. Okay, let's let's move on to how Germany in particular can deal with Austria getting eliminated fast. So um there there's this there's this long standing theory that Germany doesn't do well in a game where Austria gets eliminated early. Before we evaluate the truth or falsity of that belief, let me just try to describe where it comes from. There's a lot of matches in diplomacy in which Italy immediately attacks Austria, usually in conjunction with Russia. And when this happens, if Italy and Russia get away with this, especially if they get away with it as a surprise attack, like as a coordinated attack in a press game, uh, you could see Austria eliminated by 1902. I, I think that Austria is probably the easiest power to eliminate that early on in the match. At that, from that point forward, Austria's home centers no longer function as home centers as, since Austria has been eliminated. All the Balkans, in addition to the four starting neutrals, the whole entire seven center area becomes a contested area of neutral centers that no one's ever going to build from for the rest of the game. And this is actually a pretty interesting situation because if th- this happens, this can happen so fast that England, France, and Germany haven't really resolved anything. And then diplomacy can kind of play out from that point as like a six-player game. Austria is destroyed, and then the game just continues on with whatever shifting alliance structures and stuff you would expect from that point. This is especially common, I think, when there's a mix of beginners and high-level players in the match. I think that 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 is increases the risk of Austria facing this destiny. Some players have experience as a result. They're a little more common. They have more experience playing out a match in which Austria is blown away immediately than they do with one of the other seven powers. Uh, being destroyed quickly because it's usually a lot harder. It takes many more years to, to to knock them out. The belief there is that in the matches in which Austria is destroyed this way, subsequently Germany's in trouble. That is be, the, I guess the theoretical underpinning there is that Italy has concentrated eastward and won't be helping it, and won't be helping Germany against France. And now Russia is much, much stronger with the, with the elimination of Austria. Whether Russia has gotten those centers or not, just the elimination of Austria frees up Russia in an enormous way to think about how Russia can play a northern game. At that point, with once Austria's home centers are no longer home centers for anyone, the only home centers that are, approx- that are proximate to Russia in the south are Turkey's. And even then, they're not that close to Russia's heartland of Warsaw and Moscow. Turkey can build units that can attack Sevastopol fairly quickly. Uh, But other than that, not so much. And so from that point on, regardless of how the Balkan centers change hands, no southern power is going to be able to make 
a huge overland surprise attack on Russia by building new units. Uh, certainly Italy's incapable of that. And so the, the thinking goes that now Russia can, can think about taking risks by going across the no man's land in the middle to attack, make plays for Munich and Berlin. And therefore, from this situation being not so good, Germany should put some effort into protecting Austria early on is, is how the advice goes. Yeah, that sounds about like the summary I see in like some of the older articles that talk a lot about this. Seems about right. Okay. And I think that in the older play-by-mail era metagame, Austria faced this swift destruction a lot more often than in the modern era of online diplomacy. The metagame has changed significantly since those articles were written. But regardless of how the metagame has changed over time, I think that it's really not as big of a deal to Germany as these old this old way of thinking makes it out to be. And when I'm playing as Germany, from my perspective, I am usually so concentrated on what is going to happen in resolving the situation with France and England that whatever happens to Austria, whether Austria succeeds or doesn't or is destroyed or just not, not accomplished very much, that has such a negligible effect on you know, what where I'm more concerned about is who's going to get control of Belgium? What are these English fleets going to do? That sort of stuff is more significant to me. To me, sending a unit or even multiple units down into the Balkans to try to prop up Austria seems like a significant opportunity cost for very little potential gain as Germany's unlikely to get supply centers out of that. Or if you do, it would be because Austria went down in flames and you got Vienna out of it. As Germany, I think that reacting to Austria getting getting attacked or like looking like looks like Austria's on the path to elimination by sending armies into the Balkans, I think is not a wise course of action. I think as Germany, the better move is to just accept that this has happened and you're now in a six player diplomacy match and it's gonna kind of play out as a six player one from 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 that point onward. And to find reasons for the players in the South, Italy, Turkey, Russia, to have things to do other than attack you once Austria goes down. And uh, I think that is relatively straightforward to pull off. I've played plenty of games as Germany where Austria went down fast and it seemed like it had basically no effect on me or anything I was doing. In my personal opinion or my personal experience, I think that England has more to lose from a swift Austrian death than Germany, actually. Uh, well, I agree, because, I mean, for example, you know, Austria can keep Germany busy later. I mean, it just it just kind of means Germany can't really completely focus on stabbing you later if there's a strong Austria. Austria, not really Italy, but Austria also weakens Germany and Russia. More Russia, but still. Personally, I've noticed uh, in some of my games, when there's an Austria-Turkey alliance, those that's so in uncommon, uh, I've usually found it easier to solo in those games, probably because both of those are England's natural allies. I, I agree with that, that I, I think that England's most natural allies are Austria and Turkey, and if they're working together, that probably bodes well for England. Yeah. I think I also saw in one of your posts on, on your blog, like um, in the Diplomacy Championship, I think in that game where you topped the board as England, uh, there was a Turkey austria alliance for a while that is correct yeah and the way that it went if i remember right i read it last weekend actually was kind of favorable really favorable for your attempt the way it broke up because there's 
we all know Austria and Turkey are perpetually paranoid about each other, even when they're allied. And sure enough, right about the time you were figuring out, like, what's my angle to win this game? What happens? Turkey and Austria start fighting. And that's just kind of an interesting tie back to what you were talking about earlier, because I remember you trying to prop up Austria because you felt Austria's defense was not very good and was vulnerable to being punished, which is exactly what happened. That's right. That that's an that's an interesting uh, point. That the the broad topic we talked about earlier about a friendly power maybe going down. I was nervous during that match about Austria, who was never my friend during that game, but I I was trying to help anyway uh, because I considered Austria to be my natural ally. That at one point I was nervous about the Turkish player being able to solo win because I thought the Austrian player had taken such weak positions and uh, was thinking about what I would have to do to to prop up the rest of the board against a Turkish solo win attempt. It just so happened that the way the players made their decisions and the way it play, played out, it uh, later put me in position to attempt a solo win. But I think that's pretty common. I think that um, that getting close to a solo win often requires you to get close to another player's solo win as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the first topic we, we, we spoke of, the hostility between Germany and Austria in mid to late game versus the so-called Anschluss strategy. And for the benefit of someone who might not know, that is an anachronistic World War II reference. Diplomacy is a World War I-themed game. Uh, uh, and Anschluss refers to a political development prior to World War II in which Germany annexed the Republic of Austria uh, in 1938, and they continued from that point onward as one giant uh, empire, I guess. The thinking uh, behind this strategy, as we talked about, I, I alluded to earlier about the disadvantages that come to Germany when Austria meets a swift destruction. I, I think this strategy really got put into players' minds I'm not the best historian of diplomacy, but I think uh, Richard Sharp's The Game of Diplomacy book really pushed strategic ideas that were very favorable to Germany. Today, uh, where Germany is in, diplo- in press diplomacy, I consider all the powers to be equally balanced. I think it's a very well balanced game, and none of them really stand out. But part of that is the players have thought so hard about how to play each of the countries that they found a way to make them balanced. And I think that the secrets to how to play Germany well were unlocked decades ago, whereas the secrets to how to play Italy and Austria well were not really understood back then. That's a factor in the in the thinking of these older materials. Yeah, I first heard of the Anschluss idea from, I think it was Richard Sharp's, either literally the book or a separate spinoff article. But I, I'm pretty sure it was him. It, it's definitely been around a while. Whereas a lot of the thinking now about Italy and Austria, like you're saying, is a lot more modern, much more recent. So in my recent Media Wars game, which came to a conclusion a, a while back now, uh, but the publications related to it keep keep coming, that would be the game that I made a, a series of YouTube vlog entries in. And I almost won, but uh, not, that's, that's, that's putting it a little too strongly. Uh, I was hoping to win, uh, but it didn't come to fruition. In in that game, I actually had a pretty deep conversation with the Austrian player about the Anschluss strategy. In the beginning, I told the player that I, uh, as Germany, I was playing Germany that game to expect no trouble from me. Uh, I was not going to do anything to harm them, and I would help them out if I could. And that was was true, uh, because I do think that giving a little bit of boost to to Austrian, even even Austria's confidence early on, 
can make a, a can help Germany is as long as Austria and Russia aren't allied, uh, they're they're somehow you know looking at each other with a with a some hostility that that frees up Germany's bargaining power a lot with Russia, and, uh, and Germany can influence a lot of the events in the southern part of the board by manipulating the relationship with Austria and Russia. Now, I did a very poor job of that at the beginning of the game. Austria and Russia uh, attacked me in a joint attack very early on in like 1902, and I thought I was dead for sure. <laughs> uh, so I didn't, I didn't do that right, uh, or at least I, I didn't pull off what I'd hoped to. But later in the game, when Austria and Russia started having a lot of tension, I started developing a very deep relationship with the Austrian player and talked a lot about my belief that Austria and Germany can play as allies until very late into the game and even have a realistic shot at a two-way draw. And when I said those things, number one, I was trying to convince the Austrian player to work with me, even though I was very strong and a, and a reasonable solo one threat. That pretty much worked. But number two, what I said, I was being truthful. So I, although it is likely and common that Germany and Austria will have some tension during mid to late game because well here let's let's go over there there's some reasons why they'd have tension number one is that Germany and Austria are both competing for Warsaw and Moscow neither country has a realistic chance of solo winning without capturing those centers in my opinion or at least one of them and Austria in particular usually starts eyeing Munich and Berlin at some point if Austria is playing a good game because Austria builds army after army. Austria is the most land-centric power, having only one port, and it's a very bad port. It's, it's much more realistic for Austria to think about how to win by conquering centers over land than by making uh, deep naval expansions. It's way more likely for Austria to win by capturing Munich and or Berlin than by, say, capturing Spain. So uh, this, can, this can lead to, to these tensions. However, despite what I just said, I think that there are three pairs of mirror-matched countries that can reasonably play out a match to a two-way draw because their home centers are positioned in a way that allows them to compete for the same sides of the map and not necessarily throw everything out of whack by getting builds. And these mirrored pairs are England-Turkey, Germany-Austria, and France-Italy. It is possible for them to play on expansion paths that don't overlap and lead them both to 17 supply centers. And for the Germany-Austria uh, Germany mirrored pair, this requires Germany to forego going for Warsaw and Moscow, to leave those open to Austria so that Austria can conquer the entire South. And that is, in fact, what I did that match. I never attempted to go for Warsaw and Moscow, not even slightly. Even when Austria was kind of encouraging me to do it, I did not. Because I wanted, as long as possible for Austria to think that there was still more hope for expansion that didn't require coming into conflict with me. Of course, the Austrian player wasn't a fool. The Austrian changed sides when I made a play for Tunis. When I was able to, to make a play for Tunis and capture it, that's one of those 17 centers on the southern side of the map that Austria would get if we were to really play for a two-way draw. So once I made a play for that, the, the jig was up and... Uh, I had to rely on other ways to try to win. I thought at the time that there might have been a chance that Austria would would tolerate that or maybe not perceive uh, what I was doing. I, I was in, I was I thought it was worth gambling on. In my experience, also in all my time playing diplomacy for ten years, I have gotten a two way draw exactly one time, and it was as Austria, and the other player was Germany, and it was actually even in a gunboat game. 
after the match was over, lo and behold, the German player, I didn't know this, I found out only afterwards, was a player that I had tutored for some time in gunboat diplomacy. <laughs> so um, from my experiences, although it is not a sure deal that Germany and Austria are going to stay friendly through the mid and end game, I do think it is possible. Makes sense. I think the main thing that I worry about from the German side is just, it's kind of like what you were talking about with the fact that when Austria goes down, Austria centers are effectively neutral centers. Russia doesn't have to worry about somebody coming for them. But Germany kind of has a similar thing, at least in the East, because you only have Warsaw and, you know, you've got two centers there you can generally guard. But Austria has like Vienna and Trias that can just build armies, boop, slide up to Bohemia and Tyrolia, and you're already under duress and i think that's mostly what i have in mind it's not usually like germany being a threat to austria but kind of the reverse where austria needs munich and berlin to win and has the means to very quickly assemble armies to go bring that outcome about i agree i think that for germany when i'm playing as germany i think that the ideal strategic situation it would be very hard to pull this pull this off just by your own influence but i think the ideal situation is a late game breakthrough by Turkey against Austria. That if Turkey expands fast as a corner power, Turkey will become a threat to solo win faster than Germany can win, most likely. But if they lock horns for a while, and then late in the game, Turkey makes a breakthrough somewhere, that's, to me, that's ideal. Because that means there's very little chance of an invasion coming across uh, the center of the map. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I tend to think Turkey is... For all three of the Western powers, I know people say a lot about England, but for Germany too, Turkey is kind of the one you really want to see win, even if you can't work with them in the same way you can work with like Austria early on, because they're just like a giant yellow magnet in the opposite corner of the board from you, drawing armies away from Munich and Berlin and kind of distracting people, especially like you're saying, if it's late in the game, they stab somebody and then suddenly, you know, we got to stop this guy that's rolling from the Southeast that has trouble competing for the centers that you need to win, too, because I mean, they don't have too much trouble with Moscow and Warsaw, but you have a pretty good inside lane to those, too. You know, they don't compete with you the same way Austria does, and they tend to just draw attention away from you. So, yeah, definitely. I think Turkey is probably the best complement to Germany long-term down there, but you can't really do a lot to, to bring it about, like you were saying. You just kind of have to hope it happens. And with that, I think we've uh, used the time. Thanks for coming, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I enjoyed the dojo. Okay, maybe I'll see you next week. Take care. This episode was made possible by the generous support of people like you. For more information, visit patreon.com slash brotherboard. You can learn more from your board brother at brotherboard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thanks to Loyalty Freak Music for the theme music, It Feels Good to Be Alive too.